to our next episode of Small Business uh, Stories. Um, I am delighted to welcome from you at the USA of A, a another guest from the US. We're, we're gradually getting people from all parts of the world now uh, taking part in our podcast, which is fantastic. And I know we have listeners from all around the world listening to our podcast. So welcome. Thank you for coming back and listening. And I'm delighted to greet Eric from This Is My South Bay. And he's going to come along today and tell us all about SEO, which I know is quite important to a lot of you because this is quite a key thing to do when running your business. So welcome, Eric, and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Eric, do you want to just t- start telling us a little bit about how you came about to starting your own business, how long you've been in business for, and a little bit of background about yourself and your company? Of course. Uh, well, back in the day, I used to be a uh, jewelry designer. I owned a jewelry design company based in Los Angeles in the United States. And uh, when the crisis, the financial crisis of 2006 hit, uh, as crazy as it sounds, we couldn't give away a diamond. People were not interested in buying jewelry. There was all kinds of problems with losing their jobs, losing their homes, their pensions. You know, the stock market was crashing, everything. So while we were... Uh, getting through that, I wanted to uh, understand this uh, thing called digital marketing that was, you know, it, it was kind of a whisper 15 years ago, like, oh, you can sell online and, and, and things like that. And so as I started to, while working full time, I went back and educated myself on marketing, but specifically digital marketing. And a very specific niche of it that I, I found very interesting, which was search engine optimization, yeah. SEO for short. And in time, I uh, left the, my jewelry business. I really took to digital marketing and SEO and uh, opened up my own digital marketing agency. Right. And my understanding, my core competency of my agency is search engine optimization and most specifically is local SEO. Right. And so there's there's about, I, I live in uh, Los Angeles. Right. There's about 25 million people that live in Los Angeles. There's an uh, a area of Los Angeles that's called the South Bay. Los yep. Angeles, the, the coastline is like a bay. Yep. So on, on one side is the South Bay and on the other side of the bay is probably uh, the more uh, tourist attraction like Santa Monica, Malibu, yeah. Uh, Venice. So that's on the other side of the Bay. And so I focus on the, the 1 million people or so that are in the South Bay and use that as a case study for clients to show that if you have a dry cleaning store or you're a lawyer or you're an accountant, you don't need to have a million followers on your social media. You don't need to target keywords that are worldwide. You need to lock in on local search engine optimization. Okay. That's interesting. So we're going to delve a bit more now into about search engine optimization. Oh, I can't even say it. optimization. Sorry. <laughs> just say, S- just <laughs> say SEO. Yeah. So, um, Eric, can you tell me what is search engine optimization? And I said it right. <laughs> or SEO. <laughs> so, basically, if you go to Google, Yahoo, Bing, websites that you're actively searching for something and you type in something that you're looking for, Let's say your car broke down, you're looking for a mechanic or you're looking for a restaurant to go out tonight with your friends, et cetera. So when you type in 
let's say uh, um, a French restaurant and you in your neighborhood and you have uh, results that come up. Usually the top couple of search results are what is called sponsored. Those are advertised. Yeah. And then usually at the bottom of the page, there's a, a couple of other that are sponsored. But in the middle of the page of the search results page, there are search results that Google thinks is a good match for uh, the user and the, the business. And so it's making that connection and giving that listing organically. They're not charging for it. There is no relationship between Google and the website owner. And yeah. so that is what you, what the small business wants to do or a mid-sized business is they want to optimize to be listed in the search results of the search engines. Yeah. So Eric, do you have to necessarily pay to be able to do this? So could you sort of learn the basics on how to do SEO without paying? So getting into expensive Google ads and things like that? Well, when you say paying Google, you're not paying Google anything for the organic. No, They I, either list you or they don't. No, I apologize. I, I, I wasn't that clear. Uh, no, I, I just mean because obviously Google is trying more and more to get you to pay for their ads. So mm -hmm. is that like a type of SEO that we should be considering as a business? Or is there a, a using Google the free way, is there a way to get us started on the SEO journey? So as a small business, you know, I, I run into a couple of different uh, types of companies or startups that, you know, they, they, you can't avoid SEO without that free traffic coming in from Google. It's difficult to grow. Yeah. Uh, so, so you have to address it. Now, some companies, they have the money and they hire someone full-time in-house. Others, they don't want to have that. They'd rather hire a freelance or a consultant or something like that. The third is that sometimes people go out and they educate themselves on the subject of SEO. For instance, there's an academy here in Los Angeles that before COVID hit, uh, I would teach one week out of every eight weeks search engine optimization classes. And it's super intense. It's almost 40, 50 hours a week of just, you know, putting things on the big screen and going over about a thousand slides, 200 slides a day. And then we do a deep dive into what, you know, Google's looking for, what upsets Google, what makes Google happy, et cetera. And so there are people uh, individuals that want to be versed on the subject. They're not really looking to be a marketer, but they're looking to market their own business. Yeah. And so, you know, there are different ways to be able to kind of do it on your own or at least have an understanding. I have a, a course that I do where uh, I have students that we meet uh, half an hour a week or uh, half an hour every other week. We do a Zoom call right. uh, or an hour a week, depending on what, what it is. And they have, we, we go over, you know, we, we screen share, I show them, you know, reports and we look at their competitors to see the keywords that they're using and the links that are coming in. And, uh, you know, we give homework, we give uh, projects to do, and then we meet the following week and we stay on top of it. We, we stay on, on top of things and they're doing the work. They're, they're, you know, they know their business. They can, you know, create videos, blog posts, links, you know, all the things that you need for SEO. Okay, no, that sounds a great. I, I think that would that's a great way of getting people to engage because I know it's a it is a minefield of a subject. And I know when I've been talking to people at like networking meetings and even talking to people on this podcast, um, some of the comments I've had back was that they've used someone, so someone has come to them and said, well, I can do your SEO for you. 
And they've ended up spending a lot of money uh, to try and get uh, SEO done and, you know, up and running and that. They've paid a lot of money and then they've not seen any reward for, for that. So can it be expensive um, getting someone to do it or would you suggest you start off doing it by yourself? Then once you've got it up and running, pass it over to someone. What would your advice be around that? Sure. Uh, to go back to your earlier point, a lot of the students that come into the academy, they've gone through the uh, process of hiring somebody in India that didn't work out and then hiring, you know, somebody on, I don't know, their, their neighbor's uh, kid to do it and things like that. They've, they've gone through certain things and it just hasn't worked. They're frustrated. Yeah. They want to be able to understand, you know, what is the process? How do you read a re report? Where do you see if you're, if things are going well, you know, things like that. And so they're not interested in leaving their business and becoming a marketer, but they want to understand how, you know, the language It's almost like learning a language. Yeah. And then after that, you know, they, then they feel more comfortable hiring someone. It's yeah. very difficult not to understand the subject and to hire someone. So yeah. that's that's something that a lot of people that that's where I feel like the frustration comes into play, because if you own a business, uh, let's say you're, uh, I don't know, a, a dentist, you're hiring somebody, you know, the dentistry field. But when you hire mark, a marketer for that business, you really don't know marketing as as well yeah. as you should or you think you do and, and things like that. So to answer your question, I think that it, it depends on a couple of things. I think it depends, first of all, if uh, a company is looking to get into digital marketing mm -hmm. and get into search engine optimization, it depends on their budget. The, obviously, the, the uh, good thing to do is to not leave your work and to be able to hire someone to do the, the marketing part of it. Yeah. And to, to have a someone that is really locked in on a particular field. Yeah. I feel like in the future, uh, it's becoming very niche oriented, digital marketing. So you're going to have maybe in five years, 10 years, you're going to have a company that doesn't just do social media, but they just do Facebook yeah. or they just do Twitter. Um, I think it's becoming that uh, competitive where you just have to know uh, one field. And so when it comes to SEO, you know, you can, the best way is to hire a consultant or a company. If you just don't have the budget for it, then I would say to start off by doing the do it yourself type of way. And yeah. it could be to hire a mentor, uh, okay. like we have a mentor program, or you can, you know, uh, learn online. There's a lot of YouTube videos and there's a lot of, you know, courses out there that you can, you can purchase and you can self-educate and you can read books and blog articles and things like that. The thing to consider to keep in mind is with, with uh, tech, it's moving very fast. So I would say if I were to put a number, I'm going to say maybe every 18 months, it changes 30, 40%. So it's a moving target. So what, what I knew 11 years ago when I got into this, and if I was practicing and doing the same thing, it would be obsolete. Yeah. So that's why a lot of times you need to either be immersed in it or you have to have someone that is in the field that's immersed in it. And you can work with that person as a you know, mentor, consultant, employee or whatever the level is going to be at. So if you're looking to hire then someone, Eric, what would your be your top tips? Obviously, we've got you on the show and we're going to include you all your links. So, uh, you know, people can come. Uh, we'll be able to contact you to ask your 
opinion anyway but obviously depending on maybe where you are in the world and if you want to go to someone more local so if you were considering starting to do SEO in your business anyway and you were looking to hire someone is there pertinent questions that you should ask um, of that person before you maybe sign a contract with them or uh, have you got any hints and tips around that? I, I think that SEO is very interactive so you're going to need to work with the consultant or the company. Yeah. And so I think that, uh, you know, uh, have them lay out a kind of a game plan on, right. you know, uh, what to do, how to do it, you know, because we, we kind of laid out where, let's say you're going to spend, I don't know, a dollar. And so we say you're going to, we're going to spend 10 cents on Yelp ads. We're going to spend 15 cents on Google. We're going to write four blog articles. We're going to do this. Like we lay out kind of a, a game plan to to the client, to the prospect. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there has to be, you have to think of SEO as almost like a marathon right. versus when you run ads in, the, in a newspaper or, or if you do Google ads and things like that, it's more you run the ad and then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And so Google uh, has already, uh, you know, your competitors listed on their search engine. Yeah. So they're not waiting for you to optimize. So when we are going to be competing for those keywords, we actually have to figure out ways to leapfrog over them. And if they're, let's say, ranked number three for a particular keyword, we almost have to do things better than that they're doing to push them down to number four. And we move up to number three and then number right. two and, and, and things like that. Yeah. Oh, God. Sounds a whole minefield. So luckily, like you on the show. So, I love it. It's very competitive, and it's it's fun to see the results. Yeah. So you've touched on it, and you've started talking about keywords. So how do you know what keywords to target in your business? I know that there's, I, I believe there's search tools out that you can put, and I personally, so the view uh, as the listeners know, I run my own virtual assistant agency. Um, we have we we do very some very basic SEO, and I know it's something in the plan to look in more closely for the business. But I feel it's something like a whole minefield, as I said earlier, and a bit out of my uh, comfort zone. So I know I'm going to need help. But I've heard things about, as I said earlier, uh, costing a lot of money and then not getting any results. So I, I need to do my research. But we have started using keywords. And we've started using a, a tool to find out what the right keywords are. So how, yeah, so Eric, how do you know what keywords to target when you're starting out? So what we, it, uh, what we use is uh, there's a tool that Google offers, uh, Google Keyword Planner. Mm -hmm. So that's a free tool. There are a lot of other tools that are out there. The one that we're using lately a lot is called SEMrush, SEMrush. And so, um, you know, this is not an endorsement. It's just, the, you know, something that we use. There's Moz, there's Ahrefs, SpyFood. There's a lot of apps out there. You have to be careful because each one of these apps are anywhere from $75 to $300 a month. And, right. you you know, you, you need a couple of apps for SEO. You need some, uh, you know, different apps for all kinds of different things to do with digital marketing. Mm -hmm. So what you can do is, let's say, for example, if you have SEMrush, what we do is we take the website address and we put it into the uh, report and we see which keywords that were already ranked for. Oh, so, okay. right. So it gives you, let's say you're ranked for the keyword 
I don't know, cookies. And then uh, it shows how many search results, uh, uh, how many people are searching for that keyword a month. Right. And then the competition level. And so you can see which keywords you want to lock in on. Because when I started this back in the day, uh, the, my prime example is in the beginning, I, w I did the biggest mistake when I was doing jewelry. When I started to learn this, and I was implementing it on my company. I optimized for the keyword jewelry. Right. And everybody's fighting for that keyword. The, the biggest companies in the world, in some cases, are, you know, the beers and Zales and so on. And so what if eventually what I figured out is if I rank for a particular product that I'm selling, let's say men's platinum diamond wedding band. Yeah. So I have that product. I had that product. So what, what, what happens is you get maybe 100 searches a month for that keyword. But if you're ranked in the top uh, five, you're probably going to get 10 people that come to your website from those search results. Right. And so from those 10, you might get a sale from, uh, from that one keyword that you target every month, every other month. So I, what we do is we lock in on the long tail keywords. Right. And we see this keyword is uh, lower competition, higher volume, and most relevant to the client. So we, uh, uh, we look at the first thing that we need to do is a competitor analysis and a keyword analysis. Right. So we run the same exercise where we take the, we ask our uh, client for, I don't know, their, their top five, 10, 20 competitors. And so we do a search result for, for them to see which keywords they're ranked for okay. and how they're doing so that we can go back to the client and say, you might not have thought of some of these keywords for your business. Do any of these fit? Yeah. Because back in the day, you would just take a pencil to paper and look at the ceiling and brainstorm and try to figure out keywords that are relevant to you. Yeah. And everything online is open source. You just have to be able to know how to read it, have the apps to be able to read it, and then make sense of things. Yeah. And so that's where your keyword planning comes into play is that you, you do a, you, first of all, you see where you're at. Yeah. And then which keywords you want to lock in on. Let's say you're for a particular keyword that you would love to rank for, you're number 50, but you'd like to be in the top 10 or top five. So we do, you know, we, we, we kind of move that into the keyword that we're going to work on. We look at some competitors and see which keywords work for our client also. And yeah. so we put together a list of keywords that we would love to rank for. Okay. And so when you've got that list of keywords then, is that when you would start creating content, I'm not saying you personally, but then the business owner can start creating website content and blog articles, for example, around that keyword. Is that how it works? Generally, that's how it works, but there's a step that a lot of companies miss. So you have the uh, uh, keyword analysis. Yeah. We do the, the competitor analysis. Yeah. And then before we're going to start to do the campaigns, what we want to make sure is that the website is properly indexed uh, right? Okay. and that it's indexable. Yeah. Because what happens a lot of times is uh, you, you start working on a website and it's just not uh, ranking. And then you realize that things are off in the settings and, and the way that the website is set up. So uh, to give you an example, let's say, for example, uh, someone's selling a product online. It's an e-commerce site. Yeah. And so a lot of times for the description, companies will put, since they have, let's say, a thousand handbags or jackets or whatever they're selling, um, they'll put the stock number of the item. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they'll put, 
website.com forward slash 214XYZB. Well, Google doesn't know what that is. Yeah. And so you have to put website.com forward slash, I don't know, blue denim men's jacket or whatever the description of the product is. Right. And so that way Google can read each one of your pages. It's a lot more work because you may have a thousand items, a hundred items, 10,000 items, and uh, it may be changing over the season. There's a lot of companies that, you know, the, the shipment comes in, summer's here, there's a summer products, and then, you know, three months, six months later, the products change. Yeah. But if, if you're going to do digital marketing, you have to understand that Google is reading everything that you, uh, you put in the descriptions. Right. And if you put stock numbers or you put things that, that are just a copy paste, every page has the same description, men's jacket, men's jacket, men's jacket. That's not going to work. You have to yeah. add a description to each one of those pages. You have to make sure if I stay in the same vein, you have to make sure that the website load time is, is uh, acceptable. If yeah. it takes 10, 15 seconds to load a, a website, then the user is going to get annoyed and leave the website. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you want to make sure that the, the, the graphics, the, the size of the images are a certain level so that it doesn't take forever to load. Okay. Also, there's something that a lot of web, webmasters forget is that when they're building a website, sometimes they do a no index, no follow in the oh, beginning. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And so once it's built and they launch it, then they remove the no index, no follow. Because while they're building it, they don't want Google, no index, no follow for your audiences. Google goes into all the websites out there that it can, and it goes and it uh, looks on the back end, spiders the site, crawls the site, and takes whatever data and then puts it on its search engine. Right. So when you say no index, no follow, when Google spider comes to your website, if you have a no index, no follow, it's basically you're telling Google, thank you for visiting but I don't want to be indexed on your search engine. Right. So you don't have the rights to take the pictures that I have and the pages that I have and index it on your search engine. Have a nice day. Goodbye. Yeah. And so Google doesn't spider your site. because uh, the, the webmaster, the, the tech person is doing that because it doesn't want the unfinished website to be indexed. Yeah. So once it's built out, then they should remove the no index, no follow so that Google can come in there and sp spider the finished website. And a lot of uh, techies, they will just forget that. It's, a, it's an honest mistake. And so you go crazy trying to figure out why am I not getting, you know, why are we not able to... And so that's the one of the first things we look at to make sure is that the website is a follow website, that it's indexable, the load time is good. Uh, we don't have any broken links on the site. You know, you you go to basic pages sometimes on websites where you click on the contact us page and it's a broken link. Right, right. And so that that is not a good user experience, and that is not good for Google to send traffic to your website with a bunch of broken links on on the website. Okay, now that's they're interesting tips. Is there so I know for example on my word um, so I have a WordPress site for the virtual assistant business, and I've got something called Yoast, which yes. sort of helps me, and I get a bit. I be in my bonnet about making everything go green and not red and yellow <laughs> on the site, and I get a bit crazy about it. Um, I know every so often I go on my website, and on on the main, it's it's all, all, all the pages and all that are green, but it's my blog blog I can't say it blog articles 
that I spend a lot of time changing. And then Yoast updated, and then it changed some of mine back down to Amber, so I have to go in and redo it. So um, to be fair, that's the sort of thing I love doing, but <laughs> I just want to get it to green. So that does make a difference. Um, because actually on things like that, I've been told that maybe – the SEO part, obviously, make sure you go green, but the readability, you might not necessarily have it grow green. Is that right? Well, Yoast, I use often. Yeah. Uh, it's You have to think of it as a, a whisper or a suggestion. Don't think of it like, if I'm green, I'm, I'm, I'm going to index. Right. I'm going to rank. So, you know, there's a lot of things that come into play. Sometimes it's, you know, it says the readability is not, is difficult, but it could be a difficult subject. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it has more difficult words. It, it has, uh, you know, if you're talking about law or you're talking about medical or certain fields, um, you know, not everybody is, you know, versed on those on those subjects. So yeah. I wouldn't really worry too much. I think that it's a, it's almost like a reminder. Hey, you forgot the keyword phrase in the H1 tag or you forgot it in the meta tag or your your keyword phrase that I have this happen a lot where. You know, we take on a new client and we uh, have the Yoast plugin. And then you see that the keyword phrase is never mentioned in the blog article. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's an honest mistake. It happens. You know, people, they figure, okay, I have it in the, in the title. And now I'm just going to talk about that phrase, but they don't mention it. Yeah. And so it'll say, hey, you didn't mention it in, on an article with this length. You should mention it X number of times within the article. So yeah. it's giving a suggestion uh, the one that I like that I always uh, find interesting is you're supposed to have a paragraph break or something every 150 words yeah. to 300 words. Because when you 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 post a blog article that's two, three thousand words, and it's just a block of words. It's so unappealing to read as yeah. opposed to, you know, just doing paragraph breaks, maybe a picture put in there and and making it a little bit more easy on the eyes. So, Eric, um, obviously, you changed businesses, as you said, because of the slowdown back in 2006, and you started learning about all of this. So what has been the biggest challenge to you when, like, running your business? The challenge is, in the beginning, making uh, clients for, right. for our business. Yeah. And so, but I think as far as optimizing, as far as learning, doing, you have to do it. You have to be a in it if you're going to do it if not you have to get someone that is going to be immersed in it yeah it's frustrating sometimes but you have to understand that you're not paying google you're uh, wanting that free traffic from google that google has worked so hard around the world to build the search engine that we all use and so you can't get upset you know because you're asking something for free that you're going to make a lot of money from yeah, yeah. and so uh, you have to just kind of stick to it and, uh, um, you know, eventually, uh, you know, I've had uh, campaigns where within three months, we've done very well. And other campaigns within nine months, we've started to see traction. Yeah. So it's one of those things where um, I had somebody reach out to me last week where they were saying, okay, I want to hit it hard and get going. And I was saying, whether you spend $20,000 or you spend $3,000 the first three months, it's not going to make a big difference. Because Google doesn't even know you're alive and you have no reviews, you have no pages ranked, you have nothing. We have to start slow and kind yeah. of, uh, you know, be, be marinating in it before it, uh, we can lean into it. And so in the beginning, you have to have realistic expectations 
Um, and to go back to the uh, question that you had earlier about what do you do after your website is functioning properly yeah. and how do you uh, in, uh, take a plan of action with the keywords that you have, um, one of the things is that you need to write uh, content. You right. need to create content. And so it could be a video. It could be a video that's transcribed into a, a blog article. It could be a written blog article. Whatever the case may be, you have to create content. Now, what I always suggest with SEO is consistency. Yeah. So if you're going to be writing 10, 15 articles a year, then do it one a month. Yeah. If you're going to do 50 a year, you know, do one a week. But yeah. have some sort of consistency to it. If you could do one a day, you know, what, whatever the, the thing is. With SEO, it looks weird when you have a client that never blogged before. And then all of a sudden in one month, let's say next month, they have 100 blog posts and then nothing the rest of the year again. It yeah, doesn't look organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the same principle uh, applies for clients that, you know, they, they, they've been in business for 10 years. The past 10 years, they have not one single Yelp review. And then this month, they got 100 Yelp reviews. And then they don't have any Yelp reviews for the next three years. It does more damage than good. It yeah. could be an honest mistake. It could be that they said, okay, we want Yelp reviews. Let's do an email blast to all 10,000 of our clients. Yeah. And 200 of them did the review. But it just doesn't look organic. Right. So yeah, you, yeah. You, have to, you have to think of it the way that Google would think of it, where... What happened here in one month with all these links coming in or these reviews or these blog posts? So I would, what we do is we feed Google consistently the content. So the thing for your audience to understand is if everybody in the world decided they're going to do a no index, no follow, and nobody is, no one is going to allow Google to take their content from their website and put it on their search engine, Google would be out of business. Okay, so what we're doing is we're creating content and Google is taking the content that it thinks is relevant to the user, whether it's geographically, whether it's by interest, et cetera, and it's putting it on the search engine. And so there isn't a currency being exchanged. Yeah. We're going through the trouble of creating the blog posts, the videos, et cetera, and then we're giving it to Google and Google is giving us traffic. Right. So the currency is that we're able to feed Google uh, content and Google is giving us traffic for that. Right. Okay. So we need each other. I, that's the attitude that we take is we're, we, we need each other. So, um, Eric, let's just get back to a bit about you and your company. So do you take on clients from around the world or is it just in your local area? Oh, no. We have clients from, you know, around the United States and around the world. Oh, wow. So, um, and how long is it taking you to build? Obviously, um, you explained how you got into the side of the business. So how long did it take you to build up your business that you could feel, oh, I've done it, we've cracked it? Or is it still <laughs> an ever-growing process? Well, I feel like we've cracked it, but it's an ongoing thing because if I just went to the moon for three years and I came back, I would be completely lost. So it's always changing. We We have to uh, you know, be engaged all the time with this. And, uh, you know, we're running many campaigns for clients. So we're able to see sometimes that, oh, we're running these campaigns for these clients. It's working great, but we're running a different kind of campaign for some of these other clients and it's not working well. Right. And so we're able to see because 
the the difficult thing with in the beginning when I had just my uh, website or mine and a couple of friends is yeah. that you don't have a pool to test from to see what's happening. Yeah. And uh, secondly, the search engine academy that I teach at, they have the you know they have teachers from around the world that they teach. And so they have their own agencies. So we get together on a call every so often and we share victories and frustrations that we're having and they have their uh, clients. So they have their finger in a lot of accounts also. Yeah. And we're able to share information on what's working and what's, you know, what's not working. Right. That sounds really good. So when you first, when I, when someone approaches you um, about doing their SEO, how would you onboard a new client? Usually what we start with is the top 10 or 20 competitors that they have, top 10 or 20 keywords that they would love to rank for. What is their budget for the year for, for the project? Right. And what is their expectation? Yeah. And how comfortable are they uh, in creating content? Right. So there are clients that they don't want to do content. Yeah. They, they don't understand it. They don't want it. So then we have to think of stock images. Right. And we have to think of different ways of getting content. We can't just say we're not making, we're not producing content. Yeah. Or we do infographics or we do, you know, we figure out different ways to, to work around it. Right. We have some clients where, uh, you know, we identify a keyword that we want to target. Yeah. And we kind of do what you and I are doing right now. We do a Zoom call yeah. and we uh, record the conversation and it turns into a podcast episode. Wow. And, and uh, then we can take that episode and we can do all kinds of things on social media. Yeah. Uh, we take that video and we, we approach YouTube, which is a huge search engine in itself. And then we take the, the blog, we turn it into a blog article and we, tar we target Google with, with that. So we can right. do all kinds of things depending on the willingness of the client. Yeah. Usually content creation for me requires about an hour a month with the client. Right, right. And so that way, like if we, if, if I did, because usually most keywords, people don't want you to drone on for an hour uh, about a particular keyword. Yeah. They want to know in three to, you know, two, three, four minutes, here's what it is, uh, here's what happens, and here's how we can help. Like we have yeah. a podiatrist uh, here locally, and, you know, if there's a fungus on a toenail or there's an ingrown whatever, and they, or they broke their ankle or they're preparing for a marathon, it's two to three minute video. And then we take that two to three minutes. So three minutes. And if we do one video per week, I need them for maybe 20 minutes to create that content a month. Right. Right. And we're, you know, in, in maybe an hour, we could do two months, three months worth of content. We just do oh. one after the other, after the other. Yeah. So it, those are the things that we're looking for in the beginning to onboard them is to yeah. figure out what are their expectations? What are the keywords that they want to rank for? Is it geographically, you know, their competitors? content creation, and then we lay out a kind of a game plan around their budget. Right. And so that way we can, you know, we, uh, again, it's one of those things where I warn the prospect in the beginning, if you're looking to spend $100 a year or $100,000 a year, whatever your budget is, you have to break it up into 12. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't think, because I have a lot of people that in the States here, the, the big thing is for retail is uh, Black Monday. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. Black Friday and, you know, around Christmas time. So I have a lot of people that approach me around beginning of November wanting to do SEO. And I'm saying, no, that's not how SEO works. Yeah, yeah. SEO rewards consistency and it 
rewards the people that are, uh, you know, doing ongoing optimization. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric. That has been a really good breakdown of what SEO is about. As I say, we'll put all the links from Eric up in um, our blog articles and the podcast episodes um, that we do. And um, finally, Eric, I always ask this this question to every um, guest that we have on because obviously we're hoping to inform maybe people who are just about to start out on the exciting journey of starting up their own business or they've just started out. And obviously you've been through two businesses that you've um, done. So what would be your biggest tip to anyone who is just um, either considering starting to run a business or is just starting out? What would your biggest tip to them be? Oh, well, I could I could go on for, for hours on that. But I think that the important thing is to understand expectation. And, you know, people think that, okay, I'm in business now, you know, and, and I should be making a lot of money or I should be very busy and make a good business plan. Right. And, yeah. you know, and obviously marketing is part of it, but also have realistic expectations. And you never know, things happen health issues come up or life happens, don't be overly aggressive in the beginning uh, right. until you, you have a track record that you have, okay, I have for the last 12 months, I've had these customers that are with me every month for the last 12 months. I can count on them to be with me. Yeah. And and a lot of times what, uh, what you see with track record is, you know, cost of acquisition per client. Right. And so yeah. you can say, okay, I'm going to spend this much a month. And I hope, you know, my track record shows that I spend a thousand dollars and I made one customer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a lawyer or I'm an accountant and that works for me. Uh, and so you can, you can kind of uh, base your future on current and past uh, yeah. experiences. Don't be overly aggressive or else you're just going to get frustrated. I've run into so many companies that have, achieved all of their goals in their first year of, of business. And yet they're frustrated because yeah. they said they, they halfway through the year, they saw that they're going to reach their goals and then they uh, change their goals into something even more aggressive. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 And so lay out a good business plan, stick to it, uh, try to do quarter, you know, a yearly plan if you're starting out. And then once you get into year three, four, five, et cetera, when things grow, then you could do a yearly, but also do a quarterly yeah. and then eventually a monthly. But lay everything out that you know that next month, what you're going to spend and yeah. what your expectation is and uh, things like that. I'm going to ask you one final question before we finish, because um, we are getting close to sort of running out of our time. But we have a, we've had a lot of discussion over here in the UK, especially because of COVID and that. And obviously, there's a lot of businesses, unfortunately, that are folded. There could be about to be a lot of businesses unfolding. But there's also some fantastic um, businesses. And one of the key um, to maybe a fantastic business is that they've got a, I call it a digital footprint. And there's lots of talk here that there's been research to say that if you haven't got any digital um, footprint in your business, maybe within five years, that could have an extreme damage to your business. Do you think that's right or what would your views be on that? Well, I think that without digital marketing, it's going to be difficult to, to grow, first of all. And I think it's becoming more and more apparent that it's going to be difficult to exist without yeah. having a, some kind of dig digital footprint, digital mar marketing campaign. 
you know, there's different definitions around it. Yeah. So because what you want to do online is you want to be able to, with your digital marketing campaign, you want to be able to have certain keywords that are ranked on Google. It's yeah. becoming more and more difficult to do that. Google ads prices are going up. Facebook pr- uh, ads or prices are going up and things like that. So you want to be ranked on Google. And that involves having links, reviews, content, and, and a bunch of other things. And it's not like you could just do every 10 years worth in one month and get ranked for it. Yeah. So you need to have that up and running and then continue doing that. And also you want to build an online community where uh, that's kind of what I show on. Uh, that's why I named it. This is my South Bay. Since I live there, I've grown up there in the South Bay part of Los Angeles yeah. is that we want to show, I think I have like 40,000 uh followers in the South Bay area. I think about wow. 19,000 just on Instagram, but it's geo-targeted. Yeah. So it's not like I have from around the world that is irrelevant. It, not that people around the world are, are irrelevant, but yeah. it's, it's, it's more, you know, if there's a, a fundraising event at a church or there's a small business that needs some uh, attention or, you know, something's happening with the city and there's a law passing or whatever, yeah. we've become a resource. Yeah. And so if you have a million people living there and you have uh, 40,000 of them on your social media, you become a little bit of an influencer in the area. And yeah. so that's what we try to teach. And that's what we try to do for our clients is let's take your business and let's let's make sure that you know your your neighbor uh, th- that's an accountant next door and the person that's upstairs that is, you know, uh, another business. Like, let's get to know everybody Let's share the, the followers. Let's promote with each other. Let's geo-target our following if it's a, a local business. And these are things that if you don't have it in years to come, it's going to be difficult to survive. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, things have changed. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's something that is, is very doable. Yeah. You just have to start the journey and, and stay with it. If you're looking to do it for three or six months and if it doesn't work, you're going to walk away. Uh, I would strongly urge that you rethink your your audience rethinks that you have to think of it like this is something that I just need to get done. Yeah. Just like how, you know, you need to pay the insurance on the property or you need to, you know, whatever it is, it's just one of those things that need to be done to to be able to survive long, long term. Well, thank you, Eric. Thank you for your um, time and giving us your, your great insight today on SEO. It's been really interesting. So thank you uh, for being our guest today. Thank you. So thank you to our listeners. I hope you've enjoyed that special episode today because we've concentrated more on a particular subject uh, rather than maybe more than hearing about um, the business story. Um, if you would like to uh, join other like-minded business owners, please come over to the Small Business Grow Club. You can join us at um, smallbusinessgrowclub.simplero.com. You can join for as little as £15 a month and um, we will give you access to all different types of themes to help you grow your business. We give you access to our business basics training. There's networking opportunities. There's our forum. So lots of ways that you can get involved. And as I say, um, network with other business owners in the community. So, uh, yeah, please do head over and check us out. And we look forward to welcoming you as part of our community. So um, thank you, Eric. Um, Thank you for your time today. And we look forward to seeing everyone on our next episode of Small Business Stories. Oh, 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 oh,